once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello and welcome to another edition of the C-Squared Podcast. This is your host, Curtis, with my co-host, Aaliyah, and we are here today with Barbara Blackthorne of the band Empress, and she is joining us today to talk about her music, her social media, um, upcoming music maybe a little bit, uh, and a whole host of other topics. Um, so yeah, thank you for joining us, Barbara. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. So very first question we always ask everybody uh, when they when we first start out with them is to give us a brief nutshell version of who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, so I sing for, as you mentioned, a symphonic power metal band called Empress. I have a classical background uh, that I did eventually transition over and use that technique into singing metal. Uh, in addition to being a metal singer, I also really enjoy fashion, specifically alternative and gothic fashion, which I kind of explore a bit on my Instagram. Um, yeah. Leah, you want to do the next one? Yeah. So you mentioned that you're classically trained. Can you take us a little bit like the Cliff Notes journey through um, your musical journey? Sure. Yeah. So um, as a teenager around, gosh, like my early teens, I, um, I kind of played around a little bit in bands and that kind of thing. And one time I was invited to sit in at a classical choir. And of course, being like the angsty 15 year old that I was, I was like too cool for that. And uh, I sat in. And everybody was so nice to me. And I remember this one girl that this amazing, rich, like mezzo-soprano voice, and she sang next to me. And I was like, I want to sound like that. <laughs> so I started studying uh, classical training uh, right after that. Did that for about four years. Um, right as I was about to enter conservatory, I got vocal cord nodules due to um, thoracic pharyngeal reflux, which is like a specific reflux that kind of goes more towards the like vocal cord uh, area. So I got vocal cord nodules because of that. Took a brief sabbatical from singing for about three years. Uh, did voice rest about three months to get it back as well as voice therapy. And then at that point, it's too late for conservatory um, and to pick up my classical studies. So I was like, well, I've always loved metal. I'm just going to go full force into this. And it was kind of cool because I was able to take what I had known about classical singing and apply it in a metal capacity and start like growling, belting, all that kind of stuff. So um, kind of as a follow-up to that, you kind of briefly went into this, but what were you working on before you joined Empress? So before I joined Empress, I, um, I was in a band for six months. It was like a traditional heavy metal kind of thing. Nice. Um, yeah, it was cool. It, um, I feel that for both of us, we both kind of agreed that it wasn't the best fit. Uh, so I moved on from there. I did like a, like, almost like a pop rock kind of thing that I got invited to join. That was an interesting experience. And nice. then I took a break for about two years, just because again, I didn't feel musically fulfilled. Um, then when Vlad, uh, the guitarist from Empress, he reached out to me and he sent me what would become Black Arcana. I heard that and then I was immediately like, okay, I'm going to go full force into this, so. Nice. Um, so, are you willing to say what the band was or no? Yeah, so um, the first one was a, a band from the Trenton area called Midnight Hellion. And uh, 
the second band was a band called Ravenspell, which I think is now no longer uh, operating. Okay, cool. Um, I had a follow-up to that and I just blanked on it. I'm sorry, Aaliyah, I guess you got the next one. I'll think of it at some point. All right, then. Um, what what was the like promo cycle like when you were, you've released four singles at this point, um, right? I think that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so what has that been like releasing singles and like what has the promo cycle been like? So it's it's been super interesting because um, those first three singles that we put out, we did it 2019, which is right when we announced the band. We wanted to come right out the gate with things that people could be a fan of. So we wanted to make sure that we had like a lyric video, music video, you know, um, just, you know, visualizer for Legion. Um, those were actually demos. And the idea was that we just wanted, again, to get our put in the door, introduce us to the world, say, hi, we're Empress, new music coming out. Um, at the time, the plan was to have them professionally re-recorded along with the rest of our material for an early 2020 release. And uh, we know what happened there. So we kind of took up 20, uh, 2020 for various reasons. Obviously, the pandemic, um, I actually had some health issues of my own um, that kind of took me out of the game for a little bit. Uh, which was fantastic timing with a world pandemic. <laughs> and, you know, um, but, you know, we, we came back from that beginning of 2021, kind of with like this fresh, renewed, like energy being like, we want to finish this. We want to get this out there. So, um, so yeah, it was interesting because that promo cycle for those first three singles was very strong. We had a lot of interest, a lot of hype. It kind of got, you know, squashed a little bit the last couple of years. And then last year we were able to come back say like, hey guys, we're still alive, we're still here. And then we um, we put out Made of Orleans, which is a cover um, of a band I really, really love called uh, Darkmoor. So um, so yeah, the promo cycle has been super interesting and weird for them just because it was like start, stop, and then start up again. So how are you promoting it? Are you just doing self-promo or using PR? Like, how are you doing it? So we did, um, we had uh, outside promo for Beyond the Sleep. Okay. Um, but honestly, most of it's just been us. A lot of it's just been hitting social media as hard as we can, um, hitting Facebook groups, just trying to like word of mouth. Um, yeah, just it's really just been like us, you know, running YouTube ads, Facebook ads, whatever we can do to get the word out there. And um, reception's been pretty positive. Ali, are you okay if we go, go into social media for a few minutes or do you want to wait? Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So Barbara, let's talk about social media for a few minutes here. So you primarily use Instagram, correct? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, so how does using your personal account, do you think, get people to listen to the band? Oh, it's huge. Honestly, like, it's funny, like I, I mentioned to you a little bit before um, that the algorithm loves faces. So for yep. me, just putting my face out there, putting more of my personality out there. I think what happened is that, you know, some people might follow me because they know me from Empress, but I feel like a lot of people don't. I feel like a lot of people that initially followed me, it's because of the fashion and the makeup that I post over on my Instagram. And then I do like to write quite a bit in my captions. I want to give people a chance to get to know me. And outside of like the usual, like, hey, it's weather outside. What do you think about this? Yeah. I try to make it more like, you know, just what's on my mind. Um, if I feel compelled to write something that might help somebody, that's like a really big thing for me. 
Um, so yeah, I feel like with that combination of factors of just the visual aspect, but then people feeling like they get to know me that way, it yep. makes them more likely to want to say like, okay, well, what does she do? I know she sings. And that trickle down has been really huge for getting people um, to check out Empress. So I have a dumb question and um, talk, answer it as best as you possibly can. So like I had asked you, were you in modeling or something beforehand? Do you get mm -hmm. that a lot? And how do you how do you kind of use that to get people towards the band as well? Out of curiosity. Yeah. So um, it's funny. I do get asked that a lot. It was funny. That's actually what got me to start doing that. Was um, I had gotten asked a bunch in my life if I modeled, if I was interesting in, in modeling, and I was always kind of like, it felt for me, not that I think modeling is is vain or shallow or anything like that, but for me personally, I felt like it would be weird to to put myself out there in that way. Sure. Um. So finally, I kind of caved because I was just like, well, this could be a really strong promotional tool for the band that I'm not utilizing. And, you know, I don't have to, I can have kind of control over my image in this way, in the way that I want to present myself to the world. So yeah, I, um, I have gotten asked that a lot. Um, and in terms of doing it professionally, like I've thought about it, but I just, the right opportunities haven't presented themselves. I've, I've had people reach out, but it's just, Again, I wanted to kind of fit with the the branding, so to speak, that I'm I'm presenting myself with. Fair enough. No, that makes sense. Um, okay, so I I do have another social media, but I wanted to see if Aaliyah had anything before I continue. I don't want to hog everything. Um, so I guess you mentioned branding, so I kind of want to dig into that. Like, so if you were to do like one of those summoning circle, summon me with five things things what would what would those five things be yeah i'm so sorry the audio kind of cut down for me i caught the last part of that question yeah um there's like this meme that went around the form where it's like oh this summoning circle is will summon me um, oh yes like how does that how would that if you had to apply that to your brand what would that be Oof. so if there are like five things i would say bats because they're adorable and who doesn't love bats i'd say bats i would say um makeup like a sephora gift card <laughs> i would say um that's obsidian like the stone i would say i'd say skyrim <laughs> um and i would say just like um Maybe like a like a nice black skull or something like that. Just something super gothy and, and typical. But I mean, all great things, all great things. Right. So, <laughs> so uh, let, let's keep going on this social media topic for a minute here. Okay, so um, can you first go over how frequently do you post yourself for us? So I tried. Usually like I try to keep on like a, at least two posts a week. I try to do Wednesday, Fridays. Um, I was trying to do a makeup Monday for a little bit. I'm going to try to get back on that. Um, mm -hmm. I think with that, because that was a newer thing, uh, it was a little easier to kind of fall off. So I basically, I put like a schedule for myself that I try to stick to. I mm -hmm. hadn't worked that into like the, um, the written schedule I had put out for myself. So once I forgot one, it was easy to kind of lose track. But yeah, generally speaking, two posts a week um, with trying to, you know, do three in the future. So 
how does one or how does Barbara, I guess, um, get all of her posts ready? Like how, how, how many pictures do you take in advance? This is what I'm trying to ask you. Yeah. So I, um, so generally speaking, we'll do like one, like shoot a month, um, or maybe a few, um, take a bunch of photos. The best ones that, you know, that we like are the ones that, you know, I'll try to space out. So that way I have under content that I can kind of use throughout the month rather than like, you know, just blowing it all and, and like using it all in the first like week or doing like a bunch of photos. Every now and then I'll make a post that has like two or three photos. But generally speaking, I do try to conserve what I have because then it's also useful um, in the future for things like Flashback Fridays, which again is a great thing for content if you maybe don't have something to post or again, it's just a popular hashtag. So it's good to throw in there. Cool. Um, and then one last thing I want to go over with the branding slash social media. Okay, so you mentioned that you are trying to focus more on like goth themes, but you play symphonic metal. So how do you get that to interlap here? I think it fits, but I'm just trying to get the method to the madness here. If yeah. there is one. So I think with the goth stuff, I mean, that's kind of just me. Like I do, I'd self-identify as like a metal head. Um, but at the end of the day, there, I think there is some crossover there with goth. I enjoy like gothy themed things, general uh, goth subculture. So I think that for me, that's just naturally where I gravitate towards just um, aesthetically and what have you. But I think that there is some crossover there with the symphonic scene. I think a lot of people who are into symphonic metal, especially, you have a lot of people there who enjoy gothic imagery, who enjoy gothic music. So I think that for them, when they find me, it's kind of like almost an easy fit to be like, okay, um, maybe they don't love power metal or, you know, some of the, the things that we do that way with Empress, but they might be able to find some other things that they like within that world. Fair enough. Um, I want to ask Aaliyah's take on this too, because she plays symphonic metal as well. Why, would, why is there a crossover between goth and symphonic? Well, since I got the both of you, I might as well ask the both of you since you guys are both in bands. Um, I think it might have something to do with the instruments being used. A lot of gothic subculture is um, attracted to like old cathedrals and um, mm -hmm. things of that nature. And that's also the music that's associated with that, that imagery is like old symphonic music compositions from olden times. Um, sure. And I think that people who are into Gothic subculture are just, mm, I don't think I can formulate that thought. So Barbara, what do you think? I think for me, um, I, I definitely agree, agree with what you were saying. I, I was gonna say the same thing. I think that the instrumentation is a huge part of it. I also think that um, Goths in general, I could, you know, I don't wanna speak for the whole subculture there, but I would say that I think that same with metal, we're a little avant-garde with the way we dress and I think like very bombastic very big music can appeal to people who are into that um that's just like you know an educated guess <laughs> cool yeah I, I agree I, with that too for sure uh, can I can I go one more question Leah before we get back on track yeah. oh yeah of course cool um so all right so Barbara so um how can you you come across as very friendly very friendly. Thank you. So um, how do I want to phrase this? But the goth subculture is supposed to be like, you know, evil, spooky type thing. How, how do you kind of, I don't know, 
get the two things, you know, you got the look, but you're still friendly. Do you know what I'm saying? How, how, does, how yeah. does the personality match with the image, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, it's funny. I, I've, I've thought about this before. I think that for me, Mm -hmm. the way I try to marry the two is like I always joke around like I try to go for that like evil queen aesthetic but yeah. I think that it's almost like more like a benevolent evil queen if that makes sense like it does it does like an evil conqueror but like she's good to her subjects kind of thing <laughs> I could I can see that yeah because yeah because I've always kind of wondered like because a lot of the times the gothic imagery and the, even the symphonic it's like they want to come off as being very serious and Mm -hmm. that most of the time it's like they're very friendly people so just yes. one um sure. i think we should probably get back on target Leah. sure cool. you mentioned that you're working on an album what i know you can't tell us too much but what can you tell us about the time frame is it is it completed like where you are in the process what can you tell us yeah so um I keep joking around it's become like a running joke on my instagram but it's just soon but i can say at the very least i don't think that um peter will yell at me if i say that it's within this year before the end of the year I, there will be an empress album um i think that um yeah i mean it is completed it's recorded um it's currently off at uh in the secret lab being worked on by somebody who i can't name just yet um, but we're very, very excited to reveal that name eventually. Um, but yeah, we're, we're nearing the very end of this. So very, very soon. Cool. Um, so before Leah asks the next question, I got, I, got, I got one more thing just to ask on this. Are you allowed to reveal the title or anything or are we? I would love to say the title. I can't wait till I say it, but I can't just yet. Just yet. Very soon. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and then one, one other question, a quick question I had about it. So with the singles you've released, um, you started releasing them in 2019, I think it yes. was. Okay. So with like a three-year buildup, how does that really work? Because was that, were you guys planning the album first or was it the first thought was just release the singles and yeah so um with the singles we just kind of wanted to like again just like introduce ourselves the thought was to follow up those three singles with a fourth single at the beginning of 2020 and then album that um late spring yeah. so that was the original plan so again the pandemic kind of changed everything and we had to kind of flip it all around but um but yeah this this three year like a uh, ramp up has been interesting because it was not anticipated or expected and it's been very frustrating, but at the same time, I think it's been really beneficial because it's kind of given us a little cushion, a little bit of a fan base to begin with. That's actually a really good point. I mean, I never even thought about it that way. Are, are those songs going to be on the album too? Yes. Yep. They've oh. all been re-recorded and remastered. So um, they're definitely worth rechecking out for people who've already listened to them. So again, sorry, Lee, I know I'm going off target here and I'm, I'm doing my best not to, but um, so since they were all released in 2019, how is that going to affect your promo cycle for this year? Or do you not know? Yes. So, uh, we are planning on releasing three other singles. There is a chance that those, um, we'll probably leave those songs up with just like a 2019 version kind of like little tag or something. So people understand what they're listening to. Sure. But yeah, in terms of this promo cycle, there will be, um, three new singles potentially maybe okay so does that mean 
and I, I'm assuming you can't say, but if you're allowed to say, does that mean that you're going to have released the majority of the album prior to releasing the album? There will definitely be a good amount out there, but I, again, I do find that having more content is a good thing. I actually have had a friend recently who, um, he released his album by doing like a single at a time until yeah. the whole album's been released. Yeah. Um, and I've seen that model be done before. So yeah, yeah, I think that at the end of the day, a lot of people are going to end up streaming it, but I think just more ways to get them familiar with it and interested in it, um, I think will prove beneficial in the end. I agree. All right, uh, I'm done, Leah. So you brought up Peter's name. So I have to ask, um, we were curious, I know Curtis and I were both curious, how you got connected with Peter and his management. Yeah, um, so it was funny for, um, again, in 2019, uh, in the before times, when we, uh, we only got to play a handful of shows before you know everything happened. So our third show ever, we played with Seven Spires at Bar 13. And um, he watched us and I remember him coming up and talking to me after the show and super complimentary, um, you know, super, super sweet guy and just like nothing but nice things to say. And I remember he was like, all right, well, how long have you guys been around? And we're like, oh, we just announced the band beginning of this year. And I remember him, he was shocked. And he was like, so wait, this is your third show. And when I confirmed it, he was very interested. So we stayed in contact and, um, then when he started managing bands, he reached out to us and he's like, I remember playing with you guys and I was impressed. So like, I'd love to manage you. And of course, like it was a very easy yes. So, but yeah, working with him and with Paul have been amazing. Like nothing but good things to say about both of them. So now do you think it, well, I mean, you said you got nothing but good things to say about it, but do you think it, on average it's worth it for the average band at your stage to have a manager out of curiosity i think that it's honestly it's been super super um super helpful like i think at this stage if you're serious if this is something you really want to um pursue um mm -hmm. beyond just like a hobby kind of thing i think mm -hmm. having management is necessary because i think there's just there's so many things to keep track of that um especially too if you're not like you don't have that professional background it can be super overwhelming for a band so I think for us, just having someone there, you know, him and Paul working with us to manage a schedule, um, kind of guide us and, um, you know, with the connections and, and things that they have access to that, you know, again, if you're a band starting out, you wouldn't necessarily have. I think having management is absolutely um, a, a good thing for a band at that stage to have. Fair enough. I mean, I, I also part of the problem, too, is it's hard for bands to find a manager unless they're approached as well. But I mean... If, if you're already, if you if you got the opportunity, for sure. Um, what else do we want to ask about that, Aaliyah? Nothing? I just want to, I, I guess I kind of want to affirm the fact that, like, obviously, Shield of Wings, um, my band, we do not have professional management. So I know it's super overwhelming because I do most of that stuff. And I can't do it to the degree that a professional manager would. So just wanted to affirm that, yeah, it is super overwhelming to do it all yourself. So if you can get a manager, you know, that that's great. I, I do want to point out, though, you've done a fantastic job doing what you've done. I do want to shout you out on that. Um, so let's see what I just clicked off my questions here. Oh, video games we're going to talk about. Aaliyah, you want to take over on the video games thing? I don't know anything about the video game thing. Oh, that's good. Um, 
Well, I I noticed from it, uh, your you know your bios and like things that some other interview said that you guys are all really into video games and some of that blends into your music. Um, so, what's your favorite video games? I know you mentioned Skyrim, which is like beautiful and has a great soundtrack. Oh yeah, no, I'm huge into RPGs in general. Like I always say Skyrim because I know that that's the title that people would know. But I'm super into the Elder Scrolls as a series in general. Um, my favorite title out of that um, series is Morrowind. But I mean, I haven't played Arena and Daggerfall, but the other three love them. Um, my favorite video game of all time is probably Dragon Age Origins. Uh, just oh a very my special God, game. such a classic. I haven't played very many video games, but that one's so good. Yeah, I know it's it's amazing. I um yeah love that game i love the whole series um gosh what else i love mass effect um gosh recently i played uh, pillars of eternity which was also fantastic oh yeah and of course i'm forgetting fallout fallout's a huge series for me love 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 fallout um oh, good. i had a, a follow-up on that so how does that really tie into the music then, or does it not tie in with the music? Yeah, no, um, honestly, I feel like my love of fantasy does inform a lot of my lyrics. Like I try to tell stories with our music. So I feel like, like there's one song in particular that, um, that shall not be named, but it's definitely heavily influenced by one of those Elder Scrolls titles that I mentioned before. Um, and yeah, just general like, fantasy writing, that kind of thing. It definitely uh, heavily like inspires me when I write. Cool. Um, I'll let Leah ask this final one. Well, I mean, I didn't ask the second to final one. So oh, I <laughs> I mean, you know. we're almost there. Um, so on the video games topic, actually, it seems like there's quite a lot of crossover between metalheads and video games like not and not every video gamer is into metal but there is like quite a lot of crossover between the two why do you think that is like in the venn diagram of metal and video games what's there in the middle honestly i think we're just all a bunch of nerds <laughs> in one way or another i think that to be a metalhead you have to be a nerd that look some degree you know I think it's just naturally the way of things with the genre um, and I think that that can easily cross over into video games or just movies or just I think that you know being a nerd you can be a nerd about like anything you know what I mean but I, I think it just means like you're a very passionate person about the things that you enjoy so I feel like if you're into metal again very passionate like fan base video games um, you know fans also tend to be like super passionate so I think that crossover is, is um, a pretty easy one to, to make at that stage. And then finally what is your favorite video game score? Oof. Yeah I would it's funny you mentioned Skyrim before I mean that soundtrack I mean it's just incredible like I've, I've fallen asleep to it more times than I can count I put on um, on YouTube they have those like Skyrim scenery it's like 10 hour videos of just like people walking around with the soundtrack um, in in the landscape um, yeah I just it's super soothing super magical um, yeah I, I just I love that it. it's my probably my favorite OST cool do we have any other questions for her Leah I think we can wrap this up cool. Barbara is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners before we wrap things up sure yeah um, 
So as I mentioned, we do have that um, super secret album that I can't mention, hint, hint, uh, wink, wink, that will be out sometime soon. Um, so to keep an eye on our socials for that, um, people can find us online at uh, Empress Legion on Instagram, Facebook, all of your usual social media channels. Uh, we are playing a handful of shows. Uh, currently, we'll actually next Saturday, we're playing right here in Philadelphia in our home city, uh, Dobbs. Um, then in May, we'll be playing with Mind Maze at Bar 13 in Delaware and Bastion's Wake. Super excited. And um, and then we're super, super excited in August. We'll be playing at Mad with Power Fest in Madison, Wisconsin. So, um, so yeah, that, that, that's what's going on in, in the world of Empress uh, for people to keep an eye out for. So awesome. Thanks again, Barbara, for coming on the show. And I hope I get to see you guys live soon. Um, and with that, until next time, everyone. Make like a bull and throw those horns up. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.